Welcome everybody to the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. I'm Dave. And we are on the phone yet again with Tim Carter. How you been, man? Been good. Good to be back. Yeah, you got, you got a lot of Bible studies going on, I see, that you're uh, posting about on Facebook. And Yeah, staying uh, busy for sure. Yeah, a little, uh, busy. It's been... a little economics going on, a little uh, theonomics going on. Yeah, you you uh, you have begun your doctoral program there at Columbia Evangelical. Is that correct? Not quite. I've been accepted, and I'm enrolling here in the next week. I got to wait for some some money to come through, but uh, I'll be enrolling in the program next week. I've actually already started some of my reading. I was able to get a hold of some syllabi and and uh, get started on that. But yeah, I'm uh, going to be jumping into a THD program at Columbia Evangelical. Columbia, Columbia Evangelical Seminary, and uh, so a lot of fun things. It's going to be emphasis in theology, and I think my dissertation is going to be around uh, biblical worldview and economics. So awesome! It's uh, it's going to be fun. Biblionomics, we'll call it that for now. That <laughs> it will be great, and you will be Doctor Tim Carter, and we'll be excited about that to have a doctor uh, on the program. That's always a good thing. Adam actually was helping me a little bit with one of my papers here today. Um, I'm a good help, helper. Yeah, he did a yeah, Mister Mister Rogers. Excellent job. Yeah, Mister Rogers told you to look out for people like me. I'm helping. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so um, you guys know that uh, we've had uh, Tim Carter on uh, recently a couple of times. We told you uh, last week that we'd have him on. or at least last show for you podcast people. I, I forgot how they got laid out. But anyway, he's back, and um, and we are going to be talking about the same thing. Um, so uh, just, a, just a little recap. Um, Dave and I, Tim, um, we all uh, talked about uh, things SBU, um, you know, and, and the word and way and all that kind of stuff with Brian Kaler. Well, we had a couple episodes on that. We were talking about the articles of, ensla- of reading the Bible like an enslaver and then some issues that came up um, surrounding – the SVU stuff that's going on um, with the uh, theological school and the statements of faith that uh, are confessing anyway, you know, like we were talking about the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. We're talking about uh, Nashville. Um, so Nashville, Danvers, and Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy and all that kind of stuff. So we had those two episodes about that. Well, there was a response, and we got a little bit of publicity out of the deal from The Word and Way. That's right. Not um, only did we get in The Word and Way, Tim, I don't know if you know, we got in World Magazine and the Baptist News Global. So congratulations. <laughs> I'll... Uh evaluate whether it's good or bad later i guess yeah. well ben uh, yeah ben hawkins at least uh from the pathway <laughs> said we got some good marks so now because of it so i'll, I'll take it from him so but anyway uh, so we're back here tonight uh with tim carter so it's been a while um just to let you know transparency um I was going to do sort of a solo show, um, but I think it's best that we definitely waited. Yeah, uh, looked I agree. at what's going on, got through uh, everything happened that at the convention and everything because there was a lot more than the uh, you know Missouri Baptist oh my for the abolition of abortion thing that Dave and I were working on. There was a lot of stuff. Again, Dave is a trustee. Tim is a trustee, um, and so uh, there is the uh, a new article that came out after our two shows um, from the Word and Way, and um, this came out on October second, twenty twenty. So that's how long it's been, and so this is like the long-awaited response that uh, we wanted to make, and I'm glad that uh, we all three get to again share um, the commentary uh, on this thing, especially as Dave and I were at the convention too to kind of see a lot of stuff come to a head um and then there's a lot more information i think we'll end up talking about in the future on another show but uh so and during this time anyway on october 2nd a new article came out in response to our response i guess uh, yeah in response to our response to (laughs) kaylor's article thanks it's always fun (laughs) yeah so two sbu trustees attack word and way am i chopped liver (laughs) 
No, I was thinking that you were going to give your uh, announcement about the. Oh, event. wait a second. Okay, but before. Yeah. Sorry about that, Tim. But before, um, I just want to give an announcement. Uh, there's something awesome going down here in Springfield, Missouri, and it is. Man, I just had uh, that up, and then I canceled it out, so but okay. I got it up. So it is January sixteenth, twenty twenty one, hosted by Hope Baptist Church, and that's kind of like in the central north of Springfield, and so it's at one. So it's a ten oh one North Rogers Avenue here in Springfield, Missouri. Um, there is a God and Government Conference. Now, if uh, you were with us, uh, I guess last, last week, week yeah, yeah, last, last week, week we had Josh Jenkins. Now, again, he's the pastor at Hope Baptist, or he's one of the elders of of, uh, of Hope Baptist Church. And so they are putting this on God and government. So on January 16th, there will be this conference at 8 a.m. They'll have breakfast, 9 uh, a.m. Josh will actually talk about uh, Christology and the separation of church and state. At 10 uh, a.m., Pastor Brandon Dodd, which is another elder of Hope Baptist, he'll give an exposition of Romans 13. At 11 a.m., um, Josh Eaton from Cross Point Baptist Church um, will talk about Romans 13 and the issue of abortion. There will be a lunchtime. And then we've got uh, State Senator, Missouri State Senator Mike Moon, which was HB 2285. Now he's kind of moved up the chain, uh, but he's going to kind of come and talk about honoring Christ in the legislature. And then 2 p.m., we got a discussion Q&A, and Dave and I have been invited to be, be the moderators. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or, or at least I, not panelists, but moderators yeah, of the yeah. panel good, good, good. Um, on that. So we, Tagurit, will be involved in this, and I'm glad. So again, uh, get your theonomy chops up um, for this uh, for this uh, discussion. Yeah, you if, know, you're in, books or anything, if you're in Springfield know. and you are at all interested in the... Uh, what we should certainly say is the theonomy or the study of theonomy, this would be certainly something for you because they are looking at the role of God in government. So with that said, that's exactly why I was waiting. I was waiting yeah. for you to hit record <laughs> yeah, on the podcast yeah. element yeah. there. All right, Tim, uh, with that said, I'm going to go ahead and jump on into this article. And uh, I'd like for everyone, you know, as we read the article, uh, both Adam and Tim are going to be kind of commenting on some of these statements. Again, this is written by Brian Kaler. The article head is, Two SBU trustees attack the word and way. Well, there you go. Adam yeah. didn't get any uh, didn't get any uh, publicity on at this, least in the headline. But I'm in there. I'm in there. Here yes. it is. According to Kaler, two trustees <laughs> at Southwest Baptist University took to the internet airways recently to attack the word and way for covering the decision by SBU trustees to require religion professors at the school in Bolivar, Missouri, to affirm additional creedal documents as the two made false claims and questioned the faith of the word and way editor Brian. And Kaler, their conversation also revealed confidential information from a recent trustee meeting. And just to, just to let you guys know, <laughs> Brian Kaler is not the author of this document that we know of. It it's says right. author staff. There you go. All right. <laughs> uh, Tim, thoughts on the so, uh, little beginning there, brother? Um, where to begin? Uh, I want to tell you that confidential information wasn't shared and. Mm. Two, the question would be, how do you know what confidential information was shared if you weren't in the meeting? Uh, so I guess that's one question I would have. Uh, but obviously, we did share confidential information. Uh, as far as false claims and question the faith of the word and way, uh, I would encourage all listeners to go back and listen. Uh, we never questioned the faith of, 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 the, of, the, uh, of the author of the articles. Uh, I did question whether or not he read his Bible. Uh, yeah, but questioning whether you read your Bible and question your faith are two different things. Yeah, uh, and and I guess from my end too, since you're since you're there, Tim, uh, I know that he quoted me in there, and we can get to that. Um, but whenever I talk about things, I say if this is your position. If this is your position, then you are taking a non-Christian position. And so I want to be clear that I argue arguments and not people. And so I, I should be, and if I'm not clear, then please somebody point out and, you know, because I, you know, that's something that we should all uh, worry about is how, you know, words have meaning. And so if we are saying, hey, you're not a Christian, 
explicitly but you know if you are offended that we say if you have that as a position then you are you don't have a christian position um i'm pretty sure i stayed well within the language that that's the way it should be so you know if if he's taking it as i have called him not a christian well then that means he's put well my positions are these therefore he is calling me a non-christian but that adds you know more nuance to the discussion than just a attack so i'll say something very straightforward that Wordenway is lying. We did not reveal any confidential information mm-hmm. at all. The, acu- the accusation is actually very clear. Brian Kaler had confidential information that he was somehow given, and we called him out for that. So he's going to turn around and attack us and say, oh, you, re- you released confidential information. No, everything that we released was already released as a public statement. You were the one who initially gave information out that nobody should have had. The only people in that room who should have had that information were those who were in executive session. And the truth of the matter is, Kaler doesn't have the integrity or the fortitude to actually tell us who it was that was telling him things that he shouldn't. That's the problem. That's the central issue. So if you want to get into this game of he said, she said, Kaler, you know exactly who it was that told you things. And see, you'd rather play this game of, hey, I want to sell newspapers rather than actually deal with making student education and their being equipped for the gospel a real issue you want to play you want to sell newspapers and you want to make a name for yourself when we're actually dealing with folks who are going to go out into the mission field and change lives for the good of the gospel so tell people who it was that gave you that message and gave you that information so that they can be rightly dealt with because they've done things that are destructive to the kingdom How's that? <laughs> you know I get fired yes. up, man. He's a preacher. You know, one of the one of the things too is is throughout this whole process, just the spin that's been put on uh, the articles, particularly from the Word and Way, hmm. um, has it, it, they are written in a divisive manner. Now, yeah. I know I know what's going to be said is we're just reporting the facts and but there's a spin and there's a bias to it you cannot you cannot read through these articles and not see that there is bias against the nbc and sbu and so there's this narrative that's been pushed over the last several years trying to drive a wedge between the nbc and sbu yes um with claims about not following the right processes usurping long-held tradition, whatever you want to call it. Um, And there's been this effort to try to drive a wedge between the NBC and SBU. And, you know, looking at this, you know, one, you know, you got a question. uh, The entity that's writing about this with a particular bias and spin is an entity that does not want to be a part of the NBC. Um, no. And left the and left the NBC, and so you know I would I, I expect there to be a bias, and I expect there to be opposition there uh, because it is there. Yeah. Um, because they don't want to be a part. So, but the other question is, you know, why is this effort being put forward to try to drive a wedge and division between the NBC and one of its entities? You know, as we've gone through this process, you know, we've had disagreements. Uh, you know, there's individuals that. That, that we serve with, that, that we've had long discussions with and, and work together. But, you know, when it comes to the board, when it comes to SBU and, and the, the NBC, I believe now more than ever the, the, the amount of unity that is there uh, between everybody, you know, we're, we're all in this together and we're working for a better SBU and a better relationship with the convention. I think we're, you know, we've we've come a long way in, in the last several years and, and we're seeing that take place. And so I think sometimes these articles, they, they spin things and it, you know, just the title itself, two SBUs attack word and way, you know, call it whatever you want. We were merely responding to articles that were written mm-hmm. about the institution that, that we are to represent. And they were fallacious. We tr- they were fallacious, but we want to speak truth into it to help people understand because we we can sit by and, and, and let these things go, and you know we we know for a fact there are a lot of faculty and staff that see these articles. Yes. Um, and the and he knows that of, too. By the way, he knows that the, too. 
the amount of undue stress and worry and harm this causes to those individuals to read articles like this is not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, take take out the NBC and take out the trustee board and, and think about the faculty and staff. That, and that's one of the things I've been most concerned about is there, there's so much junk flying out there about this supposed conflict that's going on that real people are getting hurt. Yeah. Because the truth is not being spoken. Yes. And so the reason why we respond in such a way that we do, we have the medium, we have the podcast. Uh, One, that's about the only medium that we have to speak out in this manner at this time. Um, We felt a great need to begin to speak so that people would see, okay, things aren't as bad as they really are. Or, or, or as it being portrayed, yeah. um, and you know, we're not. I'm not some evil guy that has been appointed to do. I don't even know what uh, on the board. Um, some agenda that has been insinuated that I've never quite figured out. Um, you know, it, it's just it's just crazy. But we we've got to speak to these things so that people can understand. Listen, if you're a faculty and staff at SBU, there is great unity on the board. There is great unity between SBU and the convention, and we're pressing forward. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna see great things in the future. Um, and we're gonna get a great and, new president, by the way, who is going all, to further unify things. We're gonna have a great interim president who's gonna unify things. And guess what? The board's gonna, gonna be together on that. And we've got a we've got a great acting president right yeah, now. I agree completely, one hundred percent. That's taking that's that's taking control and doing some great things. And you know, so there's a lot to celebrate and there's a lot to be be thankful for at SBU. Um, and the reason why we address articles like this is just so that people out there can can hear the truth of what's really going on and understand that um, there's there's an axe. You know, it, it's funny because. You know, you, you see this in, in politics and in in just in, in, in life in general. Um, it's usually the people that are coming to you that saying talking about axes to grind and, and talking about agendas that really have the agendas and, and they and they project uh, onto others that what might not be with them what they are really doing. Um, and you know, I think it's really clear that, you know, obviously there's an axe to grind. Between the Warden Way and the NBC, and the stone that they have picked out for this time has been SBU, um, yeah. because it provides them something to write about. Yeah, and then uh, they, I mean, then then creating the division and who is who is slandering who here. And when you write an article that says reading the Bible like an enslaver to then talk about inerrancy and then jump that into the whole SBU issue because SBU is, um, you know, that's the Chicago Statement of Biblical Inerrancy is a part of that deal. And so there's, you know, there's many little little parts and pieces here, um, but, you know, to get to the ultimate goal of trying to drive that wedge, like you say, between the SBU and the NBC. Well, and that's the reality, Tim, that you see over and over again. And that was, of course, what first brought this to my attention was, you know, all the way back in September on the 14th, I see an article and I'm like, man, these are things that are being said that, number one, shouldn't be known because they occurred behind closed doors. And number two, this isn't even the truth. The reality isn't what you're making it out to be. And again, that's something that needs to be called out over and over again. Why? Because this does deal with, again, uh, hundreds of faculty members' lives. And so rather than trying to approach this from a truthful manner, we have people being accused of having an agenda. And uh, jumping just right back into the article, Tim, you can see it right here. Carter was among the five trustees elected to SBU's board last year after the Missouri Baptist Convention's nominating committee deviated from standard practice and replaced SBU's entire slate of trustees to put five new individuals on on the board last year right and here's 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 the truth on that matter yes um one they didn't deviate they actually 
follow the rules and procedures as they are written in the NBC's governing documents. Um, and so, if if they did deviate from a, a a practice they had done in the past, they it was a good deviation because they were following the rules put in place and the proper procedures put in place to nominate trustees. Now, this whole idea that tr Turner's or that the trustees were replaced that were given by SBU is also false because no slate of trustees had been given to the nominating committee until they showed up at the convention and tried to usurp the process yes. through a meeting, through a backdoor meeting, and tried to override the nominating committee to try to appoint their own trustees to the nominating well, committee. Well, and here's something that's really slate. important about that, Tim. And this was all from public session last year, right? So in the public session, uh, Ryan Palmer engages Dr. Yates. Who are the trustee nominations? Dr. Yates says, I don't know. That's not something that I can know. I'm not a part of that process. And then Dr. Yates is, again, well, you need to tell us those folks, why is all this changing? Yates says very clearly, I'm not on the nominating committee. I'm not allowed in the executive board meeting. I have to leave, right? Like, he gives this reality. Well, we want to know who's on that list. And Yates asked them, well, who did you turn in? Come to find out, there was no list of people submitted to the Missouri Baptist Convention. There was no list of trustees submitted. So to say this deviated actually is completely false because there was no list of trustees given in the normative way. That's the problem. There was no even communication with the nominating committee from President Turner. You see the issue? We can't be, again, incredibly untrustworthy. And then here's the piece that I love about this, Tim. You were at, you were at the convention in 2019, right? Yeah. Adam, you were at the convention in 2019? Yeah. I would say you spent but the majority of the time that you were there. I was there. at the booth. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, but, same thing with me, actually. Yeah. I mean, I was at... This year, I was not at the booth near as much as you were, dude. You ran yeah. the booth. Like, you were sure. the main guy. But in 2019, I was at the booth a great deal of time. I mean, we did a program from the booth. Essentially, we did two programs from the booth. Here's what it says. Last year, Van Beber distributed a lengthy document attacking many of the religion professors at SBU, though his charges included several inaccuracies. I didn't distribute any document. I mean, it was, here, grab that book. I'll, I'll show you. You want to see what we, uh, the, uh, the show me now. Okay, or, yeah, show, show me. Why. Yeah, show me why. Here's what I distributed. Yeah. Brian, if you're watching, here's what I distributed. This has nothing to do with the religion professors in it. I didn't, I don't even know actually what document you're, hand, you're talking about. There were people distributing some document. Mm-hmm. It wasn't lengthy, and it didn't attack many religious professors. It was a thin document, if I remember right. But I didn't even get a good look at that. Like, I know, I believe I know what document you're talking about. I didn't hand it out. I didn't hand it to anybody, because that would be a breach of Missouri Baptist Convention rules. And I'm not going to do that. I already knew, all the way back in 2017, before I was even a trustee, I knew that you couldn't distribute information at the Missouri Baptist Convention unless you had prior approval. This is a lie. Two completely fallacious, false statements that are wrong. I distributed nothing. I mean, Tim, did you see me distribute anything? No, I mean, I, rem I remember there was several people that were handing like a trifold out or something. I can't remember what it was, but no, you worked the booth most of the time, and it was the big push was getting the apologetics book out, which I wish I would have got a chapter into yeah. submitted. But yeah, <laughs> I ran out of time that summer. But but yeah, I mean, at the convention, as far as the apologetics network goes, you know the the idea was you had this new book put together by apologetics network members, and that was that was being pushed pretty hard. But as yeah. far as a pamphlet, you know, I. 
I mean, I know you weren't passing one out. Uh, I know which, I think I know which one he's talking about, but the one that I saw going around was not a lengthy document attacking many of the religion professors. Uh, what I saw was a small document. Like it was, yeah. you know, like a little tri. A, I don't even know if it was a trifold. I mean, I thought it was a front and back thing. Yeah, it was a, it was, a, it was like, yeah, front and back piece of paper. Wasn't that that big of a deal? Now I can tell you that I was asked, would you hand these out? And I said, no, I can't do that for two reasons. It has to be approved by the convention. And I am here as a trustee and also a member of the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So, sorry there. Yeah. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Just like Mr. Kaler, when you said that I preached in favor of Clint Bass at Southern Hills Baptist Church. I'm sorry, I didn't find Clint Bass's name in Hebrews 12. I have the full manuscript of my sermon. I'd be more than happy to give it to you. I didn't mention his name. I didn't mention any of the members of Southern Hills in that sermon, by the way. So, just yeah. going to throw that out there. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, continuing on in the article, um, you know, just the, the spin, um, the 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 falsity and i mean i i'll gi i'll give him the benefit of the doubt that you know there was some just not information there um but then again the the benefit of a doubt stops whenever you make an article and then you make truth claims so you know there there's some leniency if it comes out oh i didn't understand that when to a response to what i'm about to say but it says both van beber and carter claimed on september 21st episode so the first time um that recent that a recent Word and Way article included non-public information by noting the NBC was demanding SBU adopt the governing documents that affirm the, again, Baptist Faith and Message 2000, and then the other that I've talked about, and give the NBC greater legal authority. Um, however, those two demands were re-referenced in a public motion. So, um, Tim, you were asking, where'd you get that information? Where'd you get that information? They shouldn't have known this. So that's what you said that first episode, right? Right, yeah, yeah, I mean... And then he comes out and says, in the motion, right? So, if you go and you click, click on that motion, and you go down to what what was going on, so if you, you use the evidence provided by Brian Kaler here, and you read, um, the executive board approved the substitute recommendation number seven, the executive board recommends that the Missouri Baptist Convention directs Southwest Baptist University through SBU's authorized committee to submit to the executive board SBU's draft of proposed revised articles of agreement for Southwest Baptist University consistent with the convention's governing documents, including but not limited to language concerning the convention's sole membership and SBU statement of faith uh, by March. Okay. Draft bylaws. Okay. There is no mention of the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. There's no mention of the Nashville Statement. There's no mention of the Danver Statement. There's no mention of the Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy being in there. Where'd you get your information? Again, right, Tim? Right. Yeah, so I he mean, didn't get it from this document and from the minutes. So this evidence is not even evidence. But he's trying to pretend as if this is where I got that information. That's exactly how it's written in the document. This is where I knew this. Yeah, the only the only way that he would have known what that those three statements were were added was if someone internally told him. Yeah, um, because all that was confidential information. That's confidential information that we were speaking about. Now he comes back and says that I changed my tune later, but yeah, I changed my tune because the cat's already out of the bag. You know, you've already been given confidential information. You've already posted that confidential information out there, and now everybody knows that it's out there. And so now, yeah, I'm going to respond to something that's public knowledge and it's not changing my tune. It's, it's addressing something that's publicly known now. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So the, with the and, the, and that's what I'm saying, like giving him the benefit of the doubt going, Hey, whenever you watch two episodes and you miss that, that, you know, like it wasn't public information on the 21st, but then the next week when we got together, because remember there was a week yes. between us getting together, then, you know, stuff happened between that week where you could have 
come out and said what you said. And now, giving him the benefit of the doubt that he didn't get that, but still, he made a claim here now. This is what gets him in trouble, is saying that you did change your tune, that it should still be confidential, and that's not the, that's not right. That's not the truth. Exactly. And so, what he's trying to do there again is frame Tim as if he were somehow lying. No way does someone who actually listens to both of the episodes and actually realizes that Tim had confidential information on the 21st, he obviously is able to respond to it differently when that information is now in the public and be like, yes, we knew this. We knew this back on the 21st. We knew this before the 21st, both Tim and I did. But guess what? We had the integrity not to actually say it. All we were saying is, how do you know these things? How do you know these things are true, that you are claiming are true? If these things really are true, you shouldn't know them. We can do that. We know who is in the room. We know everyone who is in the room, by the way. So, jumping down here. Carter also falsely claimed Kaler wrote that the NBC pushed the three documents. However, Kaler's article and column repeatedly said SBU, not the NBC, made the requirement. The piece merely noted that SBU, the new SBU requirements came as the NBC had been pushing changes at the school through new trustees, like with the election of Carter. So he's still blaming the NBC, but not in blaming the NBC, but, you know, blaming the NBC. <laughs> Maybe he didn't get it the first time. Hey, Tim, did anybody from the Missouri Baptist Convention tell you to make that motion? No. <laughs> no, but... You it mean, was one of the, I mean, I didn't... No, it was... Uh, it was not pushed on me. It was not even suggested to me. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, it was just, it was one of the things that I had thought through and thought, you know what, these would be good to add. And, you know, I just brought it up in the way that it should be brought up as a trustee in a trustee meeting. Um, so no, the NBC had nothing to do with those statements, uh, nor did any of the other trustee. I mean, obviously the trustees all affirmed and, and supported that. Um, but as far as like the idea and, and where that came from, uh, there was no outside influence other than my own theological education that influenced whether or not I thought those were good things to be to be a motion. So uh, this whole idea, and that goes back to the narrative that's being pushed, is that that the NBC is somehow trying to control SB like a puppet. And you know, I'll I'll tell you right off the bat. Uh, you know, as, as a trustee, I'm going to operate in the, in the best interest of SBU. Mm -hmm. That's uh, right. And and I'll take suggestions from individuals in the NBC. But at the end of the day, if I disagree with them and I think they're wrong, I'm going to tell them that they're wrong, and I'm mm -hmm. not going to do what they want. Uh, you know, I'm I'm I can think through things on my own. I don't need uh, anybody telling me how how to operate. And uh, you know, doesn't mean I'm above getting advice and, and all that, but um, you know, there are some things that, that I don't agree with and I'm going to stand against, uh, regardless of, of where they come from. And, uh, you know, this idea that we're puppets of the NBC is, I mean, I think it's hilarious because it's far, the farthest thing from the truth. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is not what it's being portrayed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so when it comes down to that, you know, you're a pastor, Dave, you're a pastor and you have um, a requirement there to preach the truth, the whole truth. Right. And yes. that you're supposed to guard the truth. Um, and whenever you're a trustee of a school that teaches scripture and you want you want to make sure those students get sound doctrine, that is your goal as a pastor to teach your congregations and it's also a responsibility just as a trustee, as a, just a, I guess, a non overseer in, in the same sense as you are as a pastor, but you're still overseeing something. And so, you know, you're not a puppet of the NBC, but you are a person that again, and this is where inerrancy comes into play because it's the authoritative word of God that is inerrant, that is uh, necessary, that is sufficient and clear. Um, and comprehensive and so you know you're just acting out of your biblical um you know presuppositions your biblical worldview 
to go as a trustee i've got to step up and do this and and ask for this for this school and for the future the criticism here and tim you know, I haven't directly actually said anything to you about this, but but Adam, the, the core issue, at least to me, of the criticism is with these statements that essentially Tim and I are puppets of the Missouri Baptist Convention. What's being said there is we do not have independent thought. Mm-hmm. We do not have cognitive ability. We have not, by our credentials, either academically or pastorally or business-wise, proven ourselves to be capable of leading as trustees. There's nothing about us that's all that good. We were just used as uh, puppets for the Missouri Baptist Convention. There's multiple problems with that. Number one, I refuse to allow someone to have a word over scripture on me. Yeah. I know that Tim is the same way. You've sat across the table from me since 2017. Yeah. It's going to be four stinking years, right? You know that I am trying to hold every thought captive to submission to Christ. I do not just say scripture alone. I'm striving to make scripture alone be the sole and infallible (laughs) word of faith in my life. Yeah. But here's a guy that doesn't know me. Mm-hmm. hardly at all i mean we, we we have a little bit of mutual friends we we were close to each other as far as just barely past each other on the speech and debate team we know similar people but somehow this individual knows that i am a pawn of the missouri baptist convention <laughs> tim carter is a pawn of the missouri baptist convention and not only that every single person Elected since 2018 as a pawn of the Missouri Baptist Convention. They have no ability to rationally submit to God's word as a sole and infallible word of faith. They need the Missouri Baptist Convention to tell them how to deal with these things. That's what's so offensive. Right. Well, and, and I mean, you see this, you know, I, I've seen this on uh, the level of, you know, issues that arise in the church it's 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 easier to attack the head and make everybody else a pawn rather than deal with the reality so mm-hmm. in in church struggles sometimes you'll run into is- situations where individuals don't like maybe the direction of the church or they're upset with how the pastor has done something and so rather than you know and then maybe associate pastors or other individuals that are serving the church agree that the pastor's doing the right thing, then it's easier to say, well, you're just a pawn and, you know, you're being controlled and it's not really you. It's, it's really the, it's really the pastor that's pulling the strings and like they, they vilify, uh, the one in charge and, and try to make it to where they're just somehow they have super control over people and, and just, you know, control them like puppets. You know, you see it on, in a local level at church, yeah. I think. And, you know, it's the same thing going on here. Um, they don't like the reality of what's happening at SBU. There's a lot of great things happening at SBU. That's right. But there, there are individuals that don't like the direction. Mm-hmm. And so rather than deal with the reality and deal with the issues at heart, it's a lot easier to go after the convention because the convention is this... Uh, well, they're the they're the this, boogeyman. This it's the boogeyman. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's this it's this entity that exists out there that we can't really, you know, yeah, put a name to it. But it's it's like this this entity that we've created that we can go after and all the evil convention and the convention's doing this, the convention's doing that, and you know when you look at the processes, it's not you know the convention when it comes down to it is is the churches that make up the convention, yeah, uh, and. But they want to vilify it and make it all about Dr. Yates, or they want to make it all about the president of the convention, or they want to make it all about the executive board. And, you know, there's checks and balances in the system and the processes they work uh, when they are run according to their uh, policies and procedures. They work really well, and they accomplish what they need to accomplish, Um, but... It's a lot harder to deal with that rather than create this scarecrow of a creature and, and beat it to death um, to make you feel like you've 
you're accomplishing something and, and achieving your goals. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just, it's creating a show for sure. And really just either creates division or, or, or makes, makes you look like a fool. Um, and sometimes both, but, yeah, and so I mean, like you're saying, I mean, just to just to put that out there, is somebody that's outside, and you know, I'm the chop liver, not uh, trustee guy, in on this, uh, but um, just, and I can probably say this speaks to you too, Tim. But you know, just being around Dave, you know, he didn't want to be a trustee um, just to be a trustee. You know, he's a student there, he liked it there, um, and then also has. I mean, as a pastor mentality has skin in the game because again, kids go there. I've got kids from my church there right now. They're wanting to go there. So there's a little bit of skin in there, Um, but it's for the fact of, you know, he wants to see the word of God be central in teaching and that the truth of scripture to be taught. And so, you know, he's not, you guys aren't pawns. You guys are, you went in to be a trustee going, Hey, I can, I, I get to, I get the opportunity to be able to steer a ship to, to help and to, to further the gospel, especially the education, the gospel influencing the minds of, of kids getting an education to then be the next pastors, the next trustees, the next Missouri Baptist convention presidents. You know, this is a generational view that whenever you guys are trustees, you're not just thinking about the now you're thinking about the future. And so, you know, again, you guys, you know, I can speak for, I think I, again, I can speak for both of you just being on the outside and, and knowing you guys um, again, this wasn't a militant uh, let's get in a room up here, up at the, up in Jeff city and like, Hey, I need you guys to go, do this for us it's no hey hey dave would you like to possibly be a trustee oh heck yeah and it wasn't Until, someone from yeah. jeff city and, a, yeah. and asking me by the yeah. way the person who asked me isn't even part of the missouri baptist convention right mm. the first person to ever say anything to me about being a trustee doesn't even live in this state right is just a former sbu alum right and I don't think this person has any connection with the convention, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's okay. Maybe I've told you, Tim, first time anyone ever said anything to me about being a trustee was in the basement of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary while watching Russell Moore speak. Andrew Walker and I had a discussion about the problems at Southwest Baptist University. This is 2015. We were concerned about things. Little did I know that in three years I was going to get asked to be a trustee. Literally, I was asked, would you consider please filling out a, a letter uh, that, I mean, actually it wasn't just one person either, by the way. I had three different people from the Missouri, who are Missouri Baptist Convention, either churches, pastors, or lay people from the pastors said, you should fill out an application. That's how the whole thing got started. Literally, it was not just one person who came to me in a smoke-filled room. In fact, the only time that I have had a one-on-one conversation with with Dr. Yates, and I'm very serious about this, face-to-face, mm-hmm. one-on-one conversation, Adam was sitting right beside me. I mean, he mm-hmm. was as close then to me as he as he is right now, yeah. right? And, and, and Dr. Yates, his words were, you're doing an important job there. Make sure that you get along with the people on there. Be kind to your other trustees. Yeah. Be grace-filled towards your other trustees. When you get the Dockery Commission report, you be patient. You be kind. You be gracious. You study that and make sure you understand it. Nothing about being vindictive, attacking, or having control. That was it. That was, I mean, literally, Tim, that was the discussion that we had. It was like the jailhouse. Is that the name of the place that we went to lunch? Prison Brews. Prison Brews. It was good. No, we had ice. That's that's more conversation than I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, I mean, mean, I've said hi in passing. And, you know, how's the church? And how good? And, you know, small talk. Yeah. But I've never sat down, you know, had a discussion about, anything SBU um, because he like there's an understanding that it's not a really a conversation that we need to have no um, agreed completely because there, there's lines in the sand there so um, yeah I mean just the idea 
that, that you know, the, the whole narrative being pushed that the NBC is trying to take over is, you know, it's it's just completely false. Um, and well, let me jump back there's, into there's, the article because there is some really good stuff here, Tim. I want to make sure that we get. Adam on it and you on it because it's important stuff. No, no, Adam, you do need to be in on this because Adam is quoted here. So uh, I want to make sure that we get to that. Defending the credo requirement beyond merely questioning and then confirming word and ways report. The three also defended the new requirement passed by SBU's trustees to require religion professors to not only affirm the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, but also the 1978 Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy, the 1988 Danvers Statement on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, and the 2017 Nashville Statement on Sexuality. Cochran justified the requirement on Redford professors by claiming Baptists are creedal people and were just acting like Baptists. Carter and Van Bever both expressed their agreement with Cochran's statements. Uh, not only them, but uh, there's a really good uh, book uh, by Vadi Bakum, um, and he says it. <laughs> you know, so it's not just, it's just not me, um, you know, it, but the thing is, if you do look through history, um, you have the 1689 New Hampshire, Philadelphia, you have all these Baptists that have always made creedal statements. And those were creedal statements from older creedal statements. And Christians, we say Jesus is Lord. So we're not just saying no creed but the Bible, but we said something within the Bible that we believe, which is Jesus is Lord. So every time you make a qualification, you believe something more and you add to it. And that's, you know, maybe even the, what you can call the expansion of piety over time to where we have systematic theology style creeds now. But that's a, that is a Baptist. That's a historically Baptist thing. And it, I mean, it's not really just, just Baptist, but Baptist are creedal. Yes. So this goes back, you know, he says merely questioning. Yeah. In the first response that we did, we did question because there was confidential information. Um, the next podcast that we did, it was no longer confidential because it had been put out there. Yeah. And been addressed in public statements. And so then we did confirm that, yeah, those statements are in there. So, um, the way it's framed is as if we've lied or, or done something untruthful, but that's the farthest thing from the truth. You know, we acted as we should in both situations. In the first situation, there was confidential information that we could not speak about and we would not speak about. And we questioned. Unlike the people who were speaking to him. Yeah. Unlike, unlike whoever shared the information with him. And, uh, you know, so we, was, we did question. And the big question was, how did you get this information? Like, yeah. How do you know this? And then the next thing is, yeah, we did confirm. And then it should not be a surprise that we also defend the new requirements. Uh, yeah. The trustees put them forward. We're standing in unity in, in what we put forward. And, yeah, I'm going to stand with all my other trustees and, and defend what we have done together uh, for the university. Um, I don't, that's not a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing that, that we would, you know, defend these statements. And yeah, what would you, you know, what I, would you, what would he say about, uh, you know, the night, the council of Nicaea? Was that stupid? Was it dumb to come together and write something down and then hold people to it? You know, against the Aryans and all those, you know, everything that's ever happened. These are, again, these aren't inerrant documents, right? They're not the standard, but they are reflective of the standard and they're guardians. So we need right. not just good preachers, but we need just like forth tellers, prophesiers. We need good defenders too. And then these documents help protect here's, the flock. Yeah. And here's what I would tell you. Go for it, Tim. I don't want to go for it, man. I, I speak too much so, all the time anyways. The, uh, the whole idea of no creed in the Bible is really... Um, not true because your creed is no creed but the Bible. Uh, yeah. You are creedal, but your creed is no creed but the Bible. And, and the reason your creed is no creed but the Bible is so that you can then insert whatever you desire yeah. into that creed and whatever you want to, whatever you want to believe. And so it's, it's the erasing of any kind of dividing line that separates where you stand wow. on any biblical matter. And so the, the problem with that is, is when you are, when you argue that and you want to reject all these statements, why, you know, you don't have a creed to say, you know, no creed of the Bible, but yeah, these 
these statements came from study of scripture and the system systemization of, of what's taught and the truths that are taught. And so these are mere summaries of what the Bible teaches. And so the the argument is not that we're somehow not standing on Scripture. Far from it, we're standing on Scripture. We're, we're using the Scriptures and summarizing what the Scriptures say about inerrancy, about gender and sexuality, and about um, roles of men and women. The problem is, is those who don't like those statements disagree with that interpretation and they have their own interpretation but rather than write that interpretation down and make a statement because if they did they would really alienate themselves from the larger majority of of baptists mm-hmm. um they say no creed but the bible to get away from any kind of doctrinal standard yeah so here's the deal you can see the problem with Kaler's articles right here these are not merely reports of why the Denver statement is wrong, why the Baptist faith and message is wrong, why the 1978 Chicago statement is wrong, why the uh, whole idea of these documents being put forward is wrong. No, no, he just says they're bad. These are bad. Yeah, right? I mean, uh, and, 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 and that's what his article though, yeah. was. Yeah, is, yeah the past oh, look, articles are they're they're bad, but they shouldn't even be signed because even like you know. But according to what like, standard? And we've by, already, by how do you evaluate whether yeah. these are negative or good yeah. thing, good or good or negative things? Yeah. That's never given. It's just a bunch of complaints. Here's why I don't like this. Oh, because people who were slavers, uh, they they were people who affirmed or or they exegeted scripture like this. Why don't you actually report what your by yeah. what standard are you evaluating any of these documents? Like th- that's the reality that gets me is let's pretend to be uh, a newspaper, and what we're going to do is we're going to show all oh, these are such terrible documents. Yeah, and all oh, SBU is so bad for doing this. Yeah, and he doesn't come in in the article and say like, okay, here's what I said about the documents, yeah, and here's how they defended them, and then here's another response back. You know, it's just going to be. You know, he's already painted. He's already painted us in a bad light at the very well, beginning the, of the article. The whole argument is yeah. is is not really against even the statements themselves. It's the fact no. that we yeah are, are holding it. to any kind of doctrinal line. Yeah, and um, you know, until and and, and here's the problem. Like this, it it helps nobody. Well, there's um, no argument that says. By the way, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off on this, but there's no argument that says, hey, the faith statement that SBU had in 1921 was really good. That was that was a perfect standard. We needed to keep following that. Why? Because in 1921, people were more concerned with pointing out that they weren't uh, – that they weren't Methodist, right? That's what the people, because when you said Baptist, everyone assumed, oh, Baptist, 1689 London Baptist Confession, 1833 New Hampshire, 1844 New Hampshire Baptist Confession. That's what people assumed. They didn't need to spell that out. Yeah. New controversies arise. Sorry. Which, you know, the, the whole, the whole point I was trying to make is that, you know, it just, the mere taking a doctrinal stance um, is is a, is what he's taking an issue with. It's not what the doctrine is, and and so it's unhelpful for for anyone who reads this because you know we do a disservice. You know, and I speak I speak to myself. I speak to anybody that is in a position that teaches or tries to represent ideas. We do a disservice when we treat issues like this and say, well, those are just bad. Well, you know, take the time, please explain. Like, like it, you know, you want to talk about loving your neighbor. If you want to love your neighbor, mm-hmm. please explain why these things are bad so that we can understand and either repent of it and reject these things because they're somehow evil and bad or you know, maybe we, we, you know, obviously we could find out that they're not, but, uh, you know, this, this does not help the reader understand, um, the issues at hand, you know, why, 
why is the Chicago statement bad? That's right. Why is it so terrible that someone is causing the professors who teach theology to actually affirm a theological position? Yeah. That is incredibly important. So what Kaler really is contending here, again, he's got, he's like got multiple rocks that he's throwing, right? Yeah. Number one is, uh, he wants to jump on this, uh, critical race theory train and try to throw rocks at at the individuals who don't like the Southern Baptist affirm uh, critical race theory, right? In resolution night, that's an ongoing issue. So it's wherever there's a little bit of a spark, I'm going to throw some gasoline on the fire. So that's why he goes after someone like Nettles. Yeah. Then when he sees that, Oh wait, Hey, Nettles affirms the 1978 Chicago statement. Hmm. They're pushing the Chicago statement. Ah, Nettles is affirming slavers, which he's not, which the article was definitely did not demonstrate that there was any consistent hermeneutic standard that could tie those things. In fact, I would tell you that the hermeneutical uh, method that Nettles is using, the historical grammatical, is actually what demonstrated and caused people to actually see that -hmm. you needed to abandon slavery because you couldn't be consistent. And I'd love for him to demonstrate through Nettles' writings that he can directly charge nettles of having the same hermeneutic method by which each of the individuals who started voice dealt with humanity like i guarantee you that nettles is going to be more consistent but with that said i'm sorry tim i'm not trying to like run things here but what kaler is doing here he says oh there's a little connection let me just try to exploit this let me just try to exploit this when the reality is at the end of the day almost all the trustees were for what we did and that was before five more people came on that were put forward through this new process or whatever. So before the majority of the board was individuals elected after 2018, these two documents or these documents were passed. Do, do you see that? That's the story that's not being told. What's not being told is, By a majority, actually, it's not a majority vote, right? It's a two-thirds majority vote. With a two-thirds majority vote, with only a third of the trustee body actually being folks elected since 2018, this passes. So that means that two-thirds of the individuals on the whole board. Yeah, go for it. That means means at least two-thirds. Exactly. Um, and you know, like I said earlier, there's there's great support across the you know there's great unity across the board mm. before October and after October. Even um, more now, these, even more the, now on the on these issues. And so you know, this idea that there's an internal struggle is, you know, I don't know where it's coming from. Um, so there's yeah, there's no yeah. internal struggle, and there's no boogeyman NBC puppeteering these things and it can be proven by the people that are on the board that would would be in support of uh this move and so i mean it goes back to the the acts that that want this, this yeah that that or whoever whoever's writing these wants to grind and um you know at, at what point i mean what what do you, what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. Like, are you, are you, and you know, I, I, if, if he, if he approached this and said, you know what, here's what's in the Chicago statement. Here's what's in the Danver statement. Here's what's in the national statement that I disagree with. And I think is, is wrong for SBU. Like that would be a totally different article. And I would respect that. Yes. Uh, I would probably, I would probably disagree, but like when you bring a, a good, you know, a, a legitimate argument to the table. Yeah. I mean, let, let's read that. Let's, let's let people understand where the disagreements are and why we are doing what we're doing. And, and, you know, that's helpful. Uh, that's helpful to everybody involved. Um, but to just go fast and loose on claims like are being made, um, and then trying to connect it to slavery, that was, I mean, come on. That's, I mean, but that's, Uh, that's slander. 
And so he needs to repent of his slander. I want to yeah. know, I would love for Kaler to, to put himself to, uh, I know he's a college debater. I know he was a successful college debater. We would love an opportunity to debate the validity of the 1978 Chicago statement or of mm. the Denver statement or of the Nashville statement. Maybe you can show us as scripture as our standard as scripture is our standard how these things are so wrong like use scripture because it's god breathed you say that you're a christian then you affirm that the bible is true so when it tells you in titus chapter 1 verse 2 that god cannot lie in hebrews chapter 6 verse 18 that god never lies then that means his word has to be right. true. So the, the challenge is up, like very serious. So we love, you're welcome to come on the program. Tell us why these, why these confessions are so wrong according to scripture and use the same hermeneutic that you're going to use and apply it consistently across the pages of scripture. So the same way that you come to your position on men and women's roles, you apply that same hermeneutic to the method by which you understand salvation i would love to see you do that you you won't you won't accept the invitation number one number two you won't be able to do it sorry tim here's the question how do you take the standpoint of no creed but the bible and not affirm inerrancy yeah and so i mean this is what we need to find out from him like but how can you how can you argue argue an authoritative word that is your only creed and not affirm inerrancy because if it's if 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 your creed is not inerrant what good is it yeah um like how do you like how do you know that it's right because then the only Uh, thing you're stuck with is well the only creed i have is no creed which is a creed in itself same thing with the bible so i mean well it it goes down to it's it's no creed but me yeah, it's really what it comes down to. Yeah, it's 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 not the Bible. It's no creed, but what I think the Bible says, um, yeah. and what I want the Bible to say. And so when you when you've pushed so hard against drawing doctrinal lines, um, you know, th- there's a reason. You know, the Bible commands that we teach sound doctrine. Yeah, uh, there there's a reason why we have these statements. And it's so that we can quickly summarize and explain what the Bible teaches on certain things. And so we take a stance on those issues, um, like inerrancy, like uh, human sexuality and gender, and and like men and women's roles in the church. And like I said earlier, it's not that they don't, it's not that they despise creeds, they despise creeds that they don't agree with. Yeah, I uh, think yeah. that that's so yeah. well said. Yeah. Understandable. <laughs> and so, I mean, it, you know, if you had the opposite thing stated of the three statements, if you just took the opposite positions and made those statements, you know, I would question whether or not Kaler would still be upset that we're adding creedal statements. Um, you know, I, I would halfway expect him to be supportive of it. Um Maybe, maybe he wouldn't, but at that point, you know, what stance do you take? Uh, so, you know, it, it, it comes down to just a disagreement on doctrine, but they don't, the liberal side of the argument never wants to actually go, well, I mean, they don't believe that you can go to the scriptures and argue it, um, is, is the, is the, when it really gets down to it, um, and you know they don't really have a standard um, other than themselves. Um, and you know ultimately, it, the, the longer you go down that trail, the farther away from Christianity you get. Um, yeah. And no, I'm not questioning Kaler's faith. Listen, I'm not questioning the faith of anybody. I'm just saying there's a trend that you can see that once institutions start going liberal, once individuals start going liberal. The farther you go down that trail, the farther you get from Christianity yeah. and, and what Christianity is. And and so, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's what it is. It's it's a disagreement on doctrine, but we don't want to argue the doctrine because we know we can't really back up our claims. Yeah. Well, Tim, you have given us a that great deal a of time. Hour. This has been an awesome <laughs> program. Uh, the plan is to 
come back next week and deal with another article because I do think that things that are said fallaciously and wrongly need to be corrected. And I will tell you, we will be dealing with the with the article, SBU board divide bleeds into convention floor. Yeah. I know that it was written on the 28th. We'll be covering it about a month later, but that's because we want to make sure that we do things uh, as objectively as possible and not emotionally. And so um, we're going to do the best we can to deal with that. Yeah. So, and so with that, Bill. Just, just as a teaser, just as a teaser. Teaser. There is great unity on the board. Yes. Uh, there's great unity on the board. With the individuals that were at the convention that are mentioned in the article, there is great unity between all of those individuals. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, in fact, man, I would love for, I wish that we could get Bob to come on and uh, and visit because uh, you would see uh, a massive difference than what is being shown here. Yeah. Uh, I know this right. without disclosing specific details. Number one, the meeting that we had, uh, because I can say we did meet and it was all an executive session. But what I can say is that was an incredibly unifying meeting. And that is something that I believe is an easy thing to say without getting into specific yep. details. Because number one, we, we don't need to. But I can tell you this, this board is headed in a good direction and it's going to do only only thing it's going to do is infuriate Kaler because we're actually headed in a theologically conservative direction. And there's multiple people who were on the board even before 2018 that all want the school to go in a conservative direction. That's great. How's that? That's great. This is yep. the first time I'm hearing of it because I'm not on there. No, <laughs> it's a great. There's great things ahead. And, you know, like, like I said, you know, we. We're moving forward together, and you know this this idea of division and fighting is over. That's right. And you know, and we want to put to, we want to put to death the narrative that there's this dark agenda going on. We're working and moving forward together for the better of SBU and you know for the kingdom and the glory of God ultimately. And you know, I can't you know emphasize enough how much. Um, I'm thankful for what God has done on the board and for, for the great things and great unity that's been built over these last several years. And, you know, we're, we're moving in a great direction and we're doing it together. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we've uh, taken up uh, over an hour of your time, Tim, and over an hour up here on, uh, on the Facebooks uh, live anyway and everything. And uh, everybody that's downloading the podcast, at least you have the option <laughs> to hit pause and, and start it up again. But yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. Hopefully um, soon we'll get Josh Jenkins on uh, about that uh, conference going on too. Yes. So we can get a little bit more information that. On, on that and a little bit more of a preview of the God and Government Conference. So anyway, with that said, uh, this is the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am Dave. And we got... I'm Tim. And Soli. Tim. <laughs> Heyo. Gloria.